Hello, guys. So, I'm going to introduce this is Simon, who's one of my assistant costume designers. And we have Emma there. She's the other assistant costume designer at the moment. And we have Andy there, and Jen there, and they're all my assistants. Um, this is Nicola, um, and Nicola, we've just um, worked on the split together. And Nicola was the lead lady in the split, if you saw that this week. Um, and that's very kind of high fashion. So we, uh, I'm going to talk to Nicola a little bit about um, an actor's point of view um, in costume. Um, but first, what I wanted to ask you is, what is your demographic? What would you like me... Is there anything you would specifically like me to talk about? I can't talk about... Um, my current project because we're saving all the information on that until broadcast in the autumn but I can talk about anything else that I've um, worked on and also if you want to know anything specific about about how we work in television in films in theatre what the design process is or anything to do with um, how you get into the industry um, then just ask me and what I'd quite like you to do is please don't be shy ask questions as we go along so I want to ask you what would what would some of you like me to talk about be brave go on tell me well, the design project uh, process the design sure. process and okay from the beginning to Okay, well, that's easy. I can talk <laughs> endlessly about that. <laughs> so why, and, and somebody else, why have you come to this session? What would you like to learn? Anybody else? Yes. Um, I'm first year costume construction. Yes. So how to get into into that kind of working in the... Working craft. in the industry. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So shall I, I'll tell you first a little bit about my background and then I'll go into the design process. But please just stop me and ask any questions along the way because we're not going to get any much time at the end of it. Um, so a little bit about me is I'm from Pontypridd. Um, I was a... My year in secondary school was the first year that wasn't a grammar school, so we were kind of the experimental year, and they expected an awful lot of us. Um, so we were very we, we had a good education in our in our secondary schools. Um, I was quite shy, and I didn't really come into anything socially until I went into the sixth form, and a drama teacher said, "You." Um, I'm going to teach you how to do some public speaking to raise your confidence. Um, ended up applying for drama college and getting a place through an acting audition. Um, but weirdly, something strange happened at the end of my A-levels and nobody was around except a careers advisor and he was quite an older man who said, you're from Pontypridd, you don't want to go into drama, you won't do anything in drama, go for this interview in this insurance company, which I went for, and I got the job, and, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't go to, card, to college, I didn't go to the drama college, um, but within two months I kind of went, what have you done, this is not the right thing for you, so I was sitting in an office, in, in an insurance office in Cardiff, reapplied, on an acting, 
I'll audition again because we basically didn't have design. They, they didn't accept, even though I had a theatre, it was a theatre design course at the Royal Welsh College of Making Drama, you didn't go to it that way. You had to do a foundation. So I got in an acting course, did a foundation, and they said, well, you could act, but you're just not going to get any parts because you look like a juvenile for the rest of your life or whatever. And the design tutor said, come to me. And I was a bit shocked. But I kind of went, why? why? But we then foundation in all areas. So so that's quite interesting in that, in that somebody else uh, asked me to go into design. And suddenly, weirdly taught me to pattern cut and even though it, there's a lot of maths involved I could do it and I could make lovely shapes and was doing things naturally and suddenly because <coughs> the college is a is a kind of a working college with public performances suddenly I'm, I'm then she's given me costume designs to do in my second year and but to, with the degree I had to do set design and costume design um, and props so but ended up specializing in the costume design part but that was very interesting because I would never have thought that I could do that I didn't know that part of the world existed um, I didn't know there were things like people like costume designers or set designers because I was I hadn't had that kind of education so I was uh, basically quite lucky because the woman who, uh, Elizabeth Friendship who now writes books, she spotted me and said come and do this um, and basically in those days because I, I we did exhibitions at the end of our year and somebody from uh, the BBC came to see it and said "Could you like, would you like to come to Birmingham to train? Went to Birmingham to train to be a dresser and even when I was in college one of the, the I did a television directing module and even the guy who ran that even said to me, you can't do that, you will only ever be a dresser, you won't be anything wow. else. And by that time I'd learned my lesson, I wasn't going to take any advice from older men. And that is, that was it. So basically then I went into the BBC, became a dresser and dressed on very big period productions like Pickwick Papers and, and mm -hmm. lots of Sunday um, Sunday afternoon period stuff, which is what Birmingham used to do. Um, moved around a little bit, but came back to Wales and, and suddenly be, I became an assistant designer, but as a freelance person, because I'm of the age where, at the, basically, I'm at the age where the BBC weren't taking on staff people anymore. It, it was fuller, it had too many staff people in costume and I was just ha I just kind of thought I'll have to be freelance for, for my career um, but luckily something happened I went to do all Christmas Hall and I went back to Birmingham because I trained there, they all knew me and they said there's a staff job, do you want it? So I did a couple of years as a staff member and while I was doing those couple of years as a staff member they said to me, we're giving you a 30-part series to design. And I said, oh, don't. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I was 28, and I just said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And they said, well, sorry, we have to schedule you in. You're a member of staff. Go and do it. Mm -hmm. And that was like, oh, 
right, okay, 13 parts police. It was, all, it was a police series, but every single series that you design is, is a different kind of challenge, you know. A contemporary series is, to me, as hard as a period series or as hard as a fantasy series. So, is somebody coming in? Yes. Come in. So that's my background, and and then left. Then they started making a little bit redundant of pieces. So I then went freelance and became a designer because by that time I got the designing thing, and that's what I was. So. Um, became a, dis a freelance costume designer um, and it all happened really strangely and without any kind of plan so so that's that anyway, the design process um, I mainly design television series and I have done one or two one-off films um, and those television series uh, have been comedies uh, mainly drama um, and, s and lots of thrillers and weirdly the, the thing that I, ha I think that I have which I don't know how I have is I can read a script and I can know whether it's whether I want to do it and whether it's good or I can see what it's going to be like so sometimes you get, you get a script and you think I'm not doing it. I, it's not my kind of thing and I'm not doing it and other times you get a script for example like Broadchurch where you read the first episode and you think I'm, I'm going to knock everybody out of my way and I'm going to do it <laughs> and that was for example what happened on that but, um, I mean I happened to have a relationship with the writer but they, when you get a script and when you get offered a job you go through a process. So you you get sent a script, you read the script, you do a little bit of research, you work out whether you want to talk about it more with producers. It's not your property. You have to think about whether what you can bring to that script and sometimes I will say to myself, well I can't do that and and that will make my life harder. And other times I say, Yeah, I can't do it but I'm gonna do it and it's gonna teach me what to, to push myself um, but basically there's the script and the script is the main thing for me and the script will somebody will have decided to make that they, somebody will have written that script for over a year or researched it um, and so you need to get into the head of the writer and then you get the producers and the producers will be paying for it and will be running it and so for me it's a big kind of conglomerate of um, I'm not the kind of designer who will step in and say this is what it's got to be unless they say you step in and do that so there will be lots of discussions we, there, there's the script, you get the job and sometimes the best thing about the job is the phone call saying you've got a job <laughs> and then you've got to do it <laughs> and then the fear comes <laughs> and then you go to so I will have meetings and on it changes on different productions so on something like Midsummer Night's Dream or Split 
mm. or Doctor Who, we will do something called tone meetings. And we will sit in a room with other heads of departments, with the producers and the writers, and they will, the producers will say, this is what our project is. And, um, and then we will all talk about what the various heads of departments can bring to that production. And for me, then, I will do a lot of research and then I will move to actors. And the, my particular philosophy with an actor is that I want it to be a collaborative thing. I'm not going to design a costume that an actor is completely uncomfortable in, although I did have to put Nicola in high heels, uh, very high heels. But that was a big discussion. So, um, but I'm and for example, a good a good example of this is Doctor Who and Matt Smith and the process of we spent five or six weeks trying to find out what his doctor is mm. or was with a very little information, with only two episodes written. Mm. It was going to be a big thirty plus episode. He was looking forward to to see what he was going to bring to it, mm. but what essentially was his doctor and that was a mixture of different messages some people wanted it to be more piratey some people wanted it to be something else I had my ideas but essentially I sat down and talked to Matt and we went through loads of historical costumes and, we got, and he just said one day I'm reading a book about Einstein can you bring me a tweed jacket? And that was that mm. was it. And it's about how Matt felt. Mm. It wasn't about how 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 busy the costume was going to be or what. I, basically, we didn't want <coughs> him in him in particular a costume to overtake him. Mm. Um, and so, once we knew it was a tweed jacket, and that's just one example, then that's what we built a costume around within the remit of the, of the series um, but it's really important I try to meet every actor and to fit every actor in advance sometimes that's not possible um, and, and talk to every actor and then I will feedback any information to the producers that kind of and I'm not saying you get um, disparate opinions, but sometimes the, opi the producers will think they want it to go one way, and actually you meet an actor and they come up with a really good idea and it can go another way. And that needs to be listened to from a design point of view and from a performance point of view, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. so, so it's not all about... Um, you have to be a good listener, um, and so within within the design process, so that's that's just talking about it generally. Within within the design process, it depends what kind of a production you're working on. So here you can see various costumes from contemporary um, series, from Doctor Who, from a mix from Shakespeare, and. Every single series will mean something new in design, and and you have to 
you, you sit down with your scripts and I have I have a, a, a list of things that I go through so I look at if we need a any any costume makes or designs um, whether we need to hire costumes mm. and whether we need to do shopping and sometimes if you're shopping, you, I, well, we went shopping, didn't we? But, but also we did a mixture of that. We did shopping and... Rails and rails. Rails and rails <laughs> and designer <laughs> clothes yeah, and high heels <laughs> big necklaces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall I tell them? Can I tell them? Tell them. So, one of this in, in terms of talking to an actor, okay, yeah. we... <coughs> the producers... Well, I had an idea that Hannah's character in the split was going to wear big necklaces and big earrings. Well, that's a kind of dated feeling of a power dressed woman. Mm. And, you know, it's very dynasty you know. And while you kind of want that kind of well dressed feeling, actually, the series was a lot about heart and family mm. and and heartache. And Nicola came and said, I can't wear big earrings. I can't do that. We did try it. We did try it. But we all we were all there together and we were like, it's not gonna happen. You, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have been right. And so then I went back and said, the ear and hope when you know, it's not a good idea. And actually they accepted it quite totally because they were they were it was a very collaborative and lovely kind of you know everything for the best kind of production some productions are not that mm -hmm. so um, but that's an, uh, that's an example of I couldn't and then the other another example of, of what I couldn't do was for you was give you lower shoes no, <laughs> we yeah. had to do yeah that, that's what they were yeah. so it is what they wear and sometimes they have their trainers under their desks but they to see their clients, they wear their high heels, yeah. and we had to get Hannah into real power yeah. high heels. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember walking. We were. I can remember seeing them filming. I was. I was in the lift. In, in the lift job. I saw Nicola walk past, and the shoes stayed behind yeah. in the first mm -hmm. week. <laughs> 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 yeah, and oh, no, and 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 thinking, oh God, this is. Uh, uh, go back. Put the shoes back on. Yeah. Let's do it again. But we got there, and you, yeah. you, you were really brilliant. Yeah. And did they make you feel? They're perfect. They're, I, I thought it was really interesting what you said in, in the beginning about a contemporary costume is is still as much a costume. You know, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yes. you're fitting a person, mm -hmm. and that, and, and sometimes you know designers you work with, you don't realise that they sometimes forget they're fitting a human being. I think one of the things you have to be is really good at. This, not just listening to people, being quite a good psychologist. You know, yes, and there's, there's a little oh, bit. No, of, there's a yeah. lot. It's sort of a bit of therapy goes on yes. in those initial. Not a bit. A lot, lot of therapy, a lot of therapy. <laughs> goes on. And it's and it's not about it's not about making an actor wear something they don't want or coerce them into mm. something. It's about being in the same place, yeah. isn't it? And trusting. Very emotional other. period and, of the. And when you get you know in in scripts you'll get sex scenes and mm. and mm. that's quite a lot of the time much worse for the woman than it is for the man and so one of the things that I do is talk them through make sure the director knows what they're going to do mm -hmm. and that, that 
the actress or, or the actor doesn't end up n not knowing what's mm -hmm. going to go on during a, a, a scene of sexual nature. Um, um, but that's one of the psychological things, yeah. isn't it? And it's, that's not about um, kind of designing, it's about the, the process of making a program. Um, so so there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on. But back to the, the script and the process, and we, you know, I have a budget, so I have to work out how, I, it weirdly, the split, I didn't know how many characters were going to be in no. that series, so, because we didn't, we didn't know, um, and, but I, sometimes, very rarely, you get a script from beginning to end, and you know how many characters you have, where you are, how many locations you, you have, and you can budget it quite well, but sometimes, uh, but other times, your sometimes your decisions are informed by the money you can spend or the way that you can get a costume, whether it's a costume make or a hire or a purchase. Um, so that kind of informs the design as well. Um, I'm going jumping back to contemporary costume. I mean, we I decided at the beginning of Broadchurch that Jodie had to run to find her dead son on the beach in it had to be a day the feeling the when I read the script it was very it was building up in her she couldn't didn't know where her son was and the idea was either she was going to wear a white dress and I said no it's going to be a red dress so I made dresses and I didn't buy dresses because I wanted I wanted that costume to be like another character, and it did. It was it was good because it 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 in your head as an audience it implied a danger before she even knew what was going on, and it helped her as well. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, when they actually confirm that in the story that her son is dead, it, that particular dress and the reason I chose Jersey was because she writhed and you could see every heart-rending movement that in her body. Mm -hmm. It allowed her to do that without being restricted. Mm -hmm. And it's just a simple it's just a simple jersey dress. But but there was a lot of and I remember the morning that she had to wear it the first time, it was for some banal scene. And I walked into the I got the director on the truck and I said, These are the dresses they've been made specially, choose the red one. <laughs> he went, oh, but I like the white one. I said, choose the red one. <laughs> yeah, but I like the white one. Choose the red one. <laughs> and, and then when we came to um, the preview, he, he, he was at the door and he said, thank you for the red dress. <laughs> thank you. That was, but we, when you're making it, you sometimes don't know that's going to have such a big impact. So you kind of have to you, uh, as a designer, work out what costumes are going to make an impact. And on the split again, we always, you, I mean, you were the leading lady, all Hannah's costumes were, they were all impact costumes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, poor you, you. But you wore them 
I did, I did. But it was a cha- challenging for me because I've never done, you know, my, my experience with design prior to the split, it w- really was, you know, wellies and shirts and go and fix that truck. <laughs> you know, I hadn't been in that sort of very powerful yeah. feminine. Yeah. And when I said, clothing. here's a white Alexander McQueen Yeah, jacket. yeah, I thought you were insane. This is that magic cost. <laughs> yeah, I really just think you're. And going we all felt a bit sick. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. you know, because we were you, pushing it. And then you put it on and go, oh yeah. no, no, it's yeah. really. And then we all went, oh, yeah, in the fitting. Yeah, it was. Because sometimes a costume does that, you know, mm-hmm. and that can be uh, a white jacket that Nicholas worn, or it could be like the Captain Jack coat, or even, you know, the Peter Capaldi red coat, which as soon as he put that on, it was a. We've got it, you know, because you're chasing ideas constantly, um, and the yeah, and so sometimes you get a, which is why I brought some of the sketches. So some I will only do the sketches on the costumes that I have to make and costumes which I think make impact. There are loads and loads of costumes within any drama, in a period drama, in a um, in a contemporary drama. Like this, the split. We we dressed. In, we, how many essays did we have every day? Fifty essays every day in the background in the office. They were all dressed. Um, now some people wouldn't do that on a contemporary piece, but we uh, we had to. Yeah, we we had to because we, we needed to make it. You know, you can't ha- ask an essay to bring along an outfit and, and suddenly it's from pre-book. So we had to. You know, and it's not going to look. It's not their fault. It's it's you know my job to make them look the part. And so, but then you'll get a period piece where I did a place of execution, which was a Val McDermott novel set in the sixties and the nineties, um, which was a thriller. And again, everything was. I don't think we had a very big budget in that, so loads and loads of hires. But you have to. What you have to do as a designer, in mainly in television, is kind of focus, work out who's going to be on camera the most, and who, where, where you can focus your time. Everything has to look great all the time, but there will be points in production where you say, okay, in this scene, there are forty essays, but actually. The scene is much more importantly about mm. Hannah or uh, about a particular character. The doctor is saying something really important in the scene, and so therefore the camera is going on to the doctor or the leading actor, and everything else is filler. Now that filler has to be right, and but you can sometimes, and it has to be right on feature films. Sometimes in television, you can, you can, if you haven't got that much money, you can focus your 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 design work into certain places, um, and know that that's what um, that that you and know that's what's going on camera. So, uh, so that's an interesting thing to read, and and the way I do that is I keep rereading the script, and I keep. If, if it's a weekend I'll read the script that 
the, the pages from the scripts that I'm doing that week even though I've read it and we've done uh, Simon is the person who will do all the costume breakdowns um, and I've read it and I've been to two tone meetings and read seven drafts I'll still keep reading it because there will always be something that you may have missed it will change as well won't it as you go along yeah and it changes quite mm -hmm. <laughs> daily quite a lot yeah yeah and and so within this whole the, within within the whole costume industry obviously there's there's a lot of craft involved and you were saying you you're in the first year of a costume making course so um so my job as a designer is to choose where the what I'm going to do and how these costumes are going to appear and so um, I will put a certain amount of time and design effort aside to drawings and costume makes and buying fabrics um, but I will put a certain amount of time aside to go shopping for, for clothes and for fabric samples and you, you do quite a lot of that for me and, um, but basically I've got a list of crafts and I'm going to, can I read them to you? It goes on and on, sorry. <laughs> but, but the first and immediate craft is sewing. So anybody in the costume department, I would expect to be able to sew. Because even if you're on the smallest contemporary piece, you may need to sort something out. For example, you may need to alter something. You never know what's going to happen. Pattern cutting. Now, a pat pattern cutting that's more involved with um, um, designing and maybe cutting a period costume, actually cutting a contemporary costume. In actual fact, in terms of pattern cutting, we did a few costume makes, didn't we? Mm -hmm. So I decided with Nicola's character, because her costumes needed to look quite expensive, that I would take Nicola to a tailor that... I work with quite a lot and he and, and what I got from that was I got the best possible quality makes sometimes you will take a different kind of costume like a period costume to maybe to a specialist maker um, who is a specialist in period costumes um, um, that dress there is made by a friend who is good at contemporary stuff but she's good at also doing Doctor Who stuff this, the, these costumes here <coughs> are enormously specialist because the, this goes into um, prosthetics and moulded costume making mm. so, so there's all sorts of um, there's that, that's all just come out of pattern cutting but everything needs a pattern mm. and so um, and it, and and you need it needs to fit somebody. And I'm going back to the white jacket again. But the reason the white jacket is a beautiful jacket is because it is beautifully cut. It's amazing, and and <coughs> it's sublimely cut. It 
very process. And it is a funny moment. It must be for you, for you in the room when you've got an, an, an actress going, no, no, I'm going to look yeah. ridiculous in that. Which yeah. I think I spent most of my time going, no, I'm going to. I can't wear any of these clothes. Yeah. They're too and grown up. They're too do. feminine. They're too yeah. expensive. Yeah. And then you put the wet jacket on, and I went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is. And then we put that Roman Blu-ray skirt on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that was, you know, that's not making, but that, that's a different mm. kind of design. But that Rola Murray skirt, you're yeah. like, oh my God, yeah. it's going to be too tight and I can't yeah. work on it. Yeah. And then you went on. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. It's, sort of, it, it's, a bit, it's a big part of the process of leading an actor into, uh, you know, how they're going to play the part. I think it's really underestimated by um, designers sometimes. I've certainly stood in early and felt like I was the least important thing in the room. The most important thing were the clothes on the rail. And you, I'm, honestly, I, me and other friends of mine, actresses, you go home and you cry. It's the yeah. worst part of the job when you're treated like you don't fit that. You just, you just, you know, you go in and you, there's a load of clothes on a rail and you, you're apologising and saying, I'm so, I'm so sorry, that looks, I'm so sorry, that's awful on me. I'm so sorry, that doesn't fit properly. And yeah. and you've got a decide again, like looking like they're really. So don't disappointed. <laughs> don't do that. No, and That's no. But the, this yeah. experience was like, oh my god. I mean, it was just. Well, I, I sort of felt like I wanted to come and move in with you. It's a duty, <laughs> but it's a duty of care. It is. When when really, I do yeah. when Simon and all my assistants would know, even when we're dressing essays, Jill's there and she's dressed lots of essays for me. We even if even if the essay doesn't. And when I say essays, I mean supporting artists. Even if the supporting artist doesn't like what they're wearing, mm. we will explain to them why they're wearing <coughs> it and, and why we've chosen why it, works. it, why it works. And, and so with a, with a principal actor, the going into the fitting room is, should be a safe place. And yeah. it should, you know, that's what it should be. Yeah. It should be a safe conversation between the two of you. An open conversation. And, an open yeah. and not an ego. So don't be egotistical designers, please. <laughs> be collaborative kind. and kind. And be kind, yes. Yeah. So I'm going through. Go on. I just have a, a question. Just wondering, have you ever had a costume that just didn't agree with you when filming had begun? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have. And, and, you, and you, you end up, you make it your enemy and you can make a decision to go, I'm going I'm to play this part in spite of it. And you, you have quite a competitive relationship. It's not so crazy. But you, and it becomes part of the character. You, you, got, you end up having to use it. I've definitely stepped, stepped out of the caravan on a job and thought, I hate every single bicycle that's on my body from, from the top to the toe. But you have to sort of find a reason for why that character is dressed like that and, 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 and sort of absorb it into that, that, that character, make it work for you. It hasn't happened very often. It really, ha- it really hasn't. But that there has been a, a couple of jobs where you just thought, uh, my, how I imagined this and how it's been imagined by the person designing it are completely different. And um, and, and only on a couple of times there not been a, a meeting. That's why it was so amazing. I was really frightened of the split because it was so different to anything I've ever yeah, done. Yeah, you were before. very nervous. I was really scared. Really scared. Um, we were nervous too. Yeah. And um, well, like you said we we both de- dealing you, you know we hadn't done sort of very wealthy yeah very, I that was interesting I'd done which is why I did no, it. I'd never done well. we yeah yeah what do I what do I want to be sitting in Laura Murray yeah with the offering mm. I literally here's a skirt I've got I'm busy come on show me a rail at yeah. least you know, yeah not just a skirt here's a dress well. <laughs> 
Do you want champagne? Yeah, you, would you like a glass of champagne? No, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a whole different experience. Yeah. And, and so you find yourself, in, you're, you just find yourself in bed, kind of unfamiliar water. And even with things like 10, ten years ago, or 12 years ago, I, when Doctor Who came back, I was really scared of doing science fiction and I didn't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I had a discussion with Russell T. Davis and I said I can't do it. But then I had to think about it and thought, you've got, you're not, you've got to push yourself. And so now, for example, one of the crafts I have listed here is a 3D printing, which means that you have to do um, computer renderings. I don't do them. I get somebody else, I tell them what I want, and I get them to do them on the computer, and then we print them off on the 3D printer. But that's not always available to you. That's only available because I'm a Doctor Who, and there's a 3D printer. I don't have that facility, personally. Um, But there are all sorts of different crafts which even yesterday which which are involved in designing even yesterday I was thinking about one of our companions some doctors are thinking oh shall I embroider something <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? but you have to go through I mean look look at that look, look at that list so it's tailoring so tailoring becomes very iconic tailoring is good for you mm. tailoring is good for the doctor and that tailors stuff and makes you feel really good yeah. so yeah. you know and even even the trousers, the trousers. Yeah. Um, but also, w- the reason the doctor's tailoring becomes goes to the best person I can get to make it is because it becomes like it becomes it has to be used quite a lot, gets so endlessly warm, and it becomes quite iconic. I don't want it to be any less of a costume than it should be. And those those tailored things. There's a Matt Smith jacket there. There's a couple of Capaldi coats. There's a Captain Jack coat, but they're quite old now. They've been worn and worn and worn, but they're still in they're still good, good tradition. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the, a good tailor is that you get that edge, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the Alexander McQueen jacket. You get that, or a good pattern cutter. Um, so I have shoemaking. We sometimes get, I mean, I have been, you know, we've just been making shoes, yeah, on, on Doctor Who Series 10, we used to, we made Maisie's shoes because she had such little feet and I was um, getting them made in Canada and thinking, oh, they're not going to come back all right, they can fit her, they cost so much, you know, all that. Drawing around mm. people's feet. Mm. Um, I just ask about the, the budgets. Do you get really big budgets? Like, I think for the no. shows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, does that sort of. Um, people? Yeah. That, that sort of tell you, well, like, this, I'm going to be able to buy this is cheaper, or shall I have that made, which is better? Yeah, well, that's part of the job. Mm. So, on a television budget, I mean, obviously, films get lots yeah. of budget, but even, you know, big budget film designers have to mm. curb their. Mm. have to do their budgets. Mm. So Broadchurch had a very standard contemporary um, budget, which is they kind of have these standard budgets. Um, but there were tons of characters in mm-hmm. Broadchurch and and I did I made this design decision which maybe which was 
a bit kind of gulp am I going to do this about dressing people for the environment they were in on that show so as you know mm-hmm. Olivia would be in the police station in her normal shoes yeah. but then she had to be on the be- pebbly beach she couldn't wear her normal shoes but she'd be wearing walking boots and you know they had coats and, and tons and tons of stuff which took them from one environment to the other um, and, but I kind of made that decision and made myself make it work so a lot of the time with contemporary clothes and sometimes with Doctor Who I, I have a stock now of things that sometimes people companies don't want it, their costumes sadly they wanted everything so I have nothing from that um, but but I then put it in storage. So I've got three seasons worth of Broadchurch in storage, you know, which is why I can get the dress out to show mm. people. Um, but actually what that means is the, uh, the peripheral stuff I can take to any productions <coughs> and then I can use my good suits that I bought on the silk, on silk for the BBC, mm. and I still have, mm. I can take them to the split mm. and I can save money so my money can focus on what's on camera. But I know that the, perif- the, uh, the, the surrounding areas are good as well. It's not just so. Mm. So I keep everything mm. and work the budgets. And, and I think the one misconception is that Doctor Who has a huge budget. It doesn't have a huge budget. Mm. It has a bigger budget than a contemporary piece. But I sit down and work out what. I mean, I'm always on signing them. What have you spent? What have you spent? Because. <laughs> I have to report back and mm. I have block budgets and it doesn't matter sometimes they'll write a story with one or two characters and uh, on a block and I'll save money on it but then I'll go and say can I have that money I've saved and use it on this big block mm-hmm. for example there's a picture on there I think of is it Donald Sumter yeah. in, in that in, in one of the one of, I had yeah. to redesign those collars um, and that episode was huge and it had lots of um, moulded prosthetic salt soldiers but I'd saved money <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I'm saving money for the finale <laughs> you know? so, so in part of managing <coughs> the, the business, the business yeah. Yeah, and managing the design process so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm still going to go on um, do you know obviously when you shop it <coughs> excuse me when you're shopping for like if you uh, find something like you said about you found a jacket for yes. um, a split um, obviously you have to take budget into consideration uh, but also you have to buy copies then afterwards don't yes. you and say so there's a fight scene for example you'll have to get one for if there's a stunt yes yeah. and stuff like that Is, yes. does that also do you also take that into consideration yes yes absolutely well? so when you read the script um, luckily not much on the split mm-hmm. but when you read Doctor Who or, or Broadchurch you'll think right that's a stunt so we'll need at least three copies and when you design a doctor mm-hmm. or a new doctor's coat like Peter's for how many of those were there? Seven. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holes in the back for stunts, Costing a fortune mm-hmm. uh, because it's the best fabric you can buy and it's the, it's the tailor you can afford but you need seven of them and so not on, on a show like that not only do you have to work out how many copies you need but also uh, and, and, and if you can afford it but also you have to we have to make very detailed records of where the fabric's from 
where um, how much fabric is used, what the Pantone colours are, because there's a whole industry then that knocks off from those costumes, and so they become figures and figurines, and so that's also part of my job. They get wet, they get dirty, they, they get slimy, they get yeah. fire. There's always we, something yeah, doing that. I think in, I think I've got that here, something like um, repeats, and and there are always sometimes. Sometimes you read a script and think, um, that's a bit ambiguous, not quite sure if that's going to be a, um, a, a stunt or a double, but I'm going to get something in the way. I mean, we went, one small example of the split when he spills the coffee. Yes. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's that's like, don't get it on that. That's <laughs> 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 my blouse. And, and, and you know, I've never, <laughs> I haven't paid full price for them because I, <coughs> that's another part of it, negotiating. Lots of smiling. Lots of smiling. <laughs> lots of, this is going to scream, you know. And I would, you can't do things like product placement. No, I mean, it's not officially product placement, but I'm guessing for them it's a good thing. It's that's a good thing, yeah. yeah. It's a very good thing for them now, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. it's been everywhere. It's been but, but we actually haven't mm. said, we've said in this room, yeah, it's we, yeah, but yeah. we haven't it's said. That's what it is. Mm. Um, but our concession, because of my budget, to the coffee spilling scene was, I don't get another script. Yeah, it's just like the jacket and the blouse are too expensive. I'm not doing that. Yeah, just, just, so just be careful. Let's have a skirt. There's only a splash on the jacket, wasn't there? Wasn't there? Just, just a, a tiny, tiny splash. splash. Tiniest yeah. Yeah. But keep going. on Doctor Who, not only do we have all that going on, but we have to sometimes, because of the nature of the show, fly people around on wires. <laughs> And that means cutting the costumes yeah. and putting Pack. harnesses on people. Mm. Pack. This, the reason this was designed the way it is, <coughs> he, one reason was I wanted him to look like a tree and hide because he was hiding in the trees. But he also had to wear a harness. When he was upside down. Was when he was upside down. All sorts of things. So, so he had two of these. He did have two he of did these, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know where the other one is. However, I do. Uh, yeah, on the side of this. <laughs> But yeah, he had two of these, and there was a harness. As w- oh, the other one's cut, isn't it? It's yeah. lighter that as well. So when he's yeah. doing that, and this is quite light. It's not heavy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, he had he had to have two of those, and that was another. Take a deep breath. I've designed something which is going to cost a fortune, um, and take months to make. Um, which they couldn't take months to make. You know, to make that but um, yeah, there's. I mean, leather work. <gasps> Shall we tell you what this frog is? Because I've just realised, I've remembered now, it's not a dead frog. <laughs> it was a purse. <laughs> we took the zip out and we sprayed it. So it was a toy purse. And I think it's plastic. But, so but we, th- <laughs> we thought we'd... Um, Do you try to use as less uh, like real levers as possible if you can? Sometimes, but if I have to use that kind of product... Um, I go to some a company that sources them ethically, so if I uh, so they say, so yeah, that's the best I can do really. In fact, I think talking about leather and fur, Bira, mm. Sayal, mm. in um, the split, I found a vintage fur, yeah, and we were like, do we want to use fur on screen, yeah. or do we not want to use fur on screen? will mirror wear fur. Mm. And so I talked to her and she said, well, she would, wouldn't she? 
Yeah. I don't like it, but mm. she would. The character would. And then you have this thing of, okay, well, we didn't make this for this production. We didn't kill an animal, but it's it was a fur coat from a mm. from a vintage store. Which one day when I was in Stroud, I just thought, oh, oh, should I? And I hate that kind of thing. But we had the discussion, and it went on, and it looked amazing, didn't it? But that was another thing I wouldn't ever go to uh, Mira and say, "You have to wear this fur." It was it was a discussion because even I wouldn't want to wear it. So, but there are costumes which, and I think there's a couple of costumes in there which which involve fur. But we try and go to the best place possible to buy that product, and some of it is is uh, vegetarian leather <coughs> and, and vegetarian leather as well. I have a question about late casting. Oh, late casting. What happens <laughs> when uh, you have a really late casting and you drink a lot? You need to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that where's, where's Oberon? Oh, Oberon's here. Money. So, Nonzo. Oh, is that was, was it Nonzo? Nonzo, right? Mm. <laughs> like could you just get him something off the yeah. head? So, I'd done this drawing and it was that, right? And then. Um, oh. <laughs> We were we started filming the following Monday. It was Thursday morning. Still no, still no Oberon. He was on on Tuesday. Um, so there we are. It was what, the biggest man you could ever imagine. Not so annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was six foot seven or eight. His chest was sixty-two or something like that, and he had to have armor made for him. Well, that was what that meant for him. And it's about experience. So deep breath. Couldn't even speak to him though, so because he wasn't in the country or something. So spoke to his agent, found a costume designer who'd worked with him. In fact, Sandy Powell had worked with him. Oh, got cool. hold of her, somebody from her team, gave me his basic measurements. Then I talked to the prosthetic guys, so Millennium and Robert Alter, who do some of the prosthetics. I said, "Oh, he's come through. It's Nonzo, Nonzo. He's this big." And fortunately. Millennium said, we cast his chest for this film. Ah, I said, okay, you've got a chest cast, can you get that to across London? Now, <laughs> we got it across London on that day, they moulded that, wow. and, I, and we made the rest of his costume, which was leather, and if you, you'll see it on there, um, and we fitted him on the Tuesday, and he was on camera. Mm-hmm. That was it. So there's late casting, <laughs> but that was a late casting in the extreme version. There was a Sometimes wrong colour when it arrived, wasn't it? As well. Oh yeah, and they arrived. We we hadn't discussed what's it blue? It's bright blue. Yeah, we hadn't discussed. <laughs> I'd wanted it to be brown, but it was made so quickly, and you can't then turn round to a maker and say, "But it's blue." <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it arrived. We got it out of the box, and we both went, <laughs> "It's blue." <laughs> Get the varnish. <laughs> And we were on night shoots, um, and this was blue as well. That was green. Oh, that was green. And I, I, I just stood there and went, oh, no. And then we just got painted. Never. Keep calm, carry on. Yeah, and do it. And Maxine, that costume, Maxine wasn't available. That was for Maxine Pete. She wasn't available um, for fittings, but I got a, I got them to bring a, um, a, a woman in. It was an essay who was exactly Maxine's sizes to the costume maker and we did it that way so that by the time she arrived we had the costume made and it just went on her but she 
the, the thing about that process is that I would never just put something like that on an actress without her knowing. She she knew what I was doing. She had pictures. She had drawings and photographs of the fittings as we went along, mm. so that she loved it. So that she yeah, knew I mean yeah, mm, come on. <laughs> it's amazing. Except when her boobs were um, were green. Yeah, they did a massive Look at those boobs. <laughs> it's a shot. <laughs> so that's that's what it. Um, that's an extreme version of Lancaster. There are ways, there are nefarious ways to find. I because I, I've worked with quite a lot of people, and I know quite a lot of other costume designers. I can look at if an actor's name comes up. I can look at their name, see who they've worked with, and then we'll find out somehow what their measurements are before there. Because there's an awful, there's, a, there's sometimes a, a long drawn out process with the contracting. You know, scheduling and so a lot of things are very late a lot of the time um, so yeah that's um, that's very you have to keep your nerve with, with late casting and do the best you can really um, so I'm going to move on from any, any questions on craft I mean I haven't read out my whole list yet <laughs> I have a very long list you've got list. a question over no, 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 it's fine, I'm bored with craft. When you've got a project and you know you're working on it and you have to put together your team to make letters and yes. supervisors, what, how do you go through that and what is it in the people that you've worked with? Would they encourage you to work with them again? Um, oh, that's a hard question. No, no, no. <laughs> that's awkward, it's less people. I will always go to people I've worked with before because I, I like to be loyal, unless, of course, they've messed me about, and then I won't. But I will always go to who I think the best people are for that job. And sometimes it's not necessarily your best friend, but who, for example, on the split, there's a woman called Pam who worked with Andy on set, and I love Pam, and she's Scottish, and she's brilliant at her job and I knew she would be brilliant at the split and I phoned her up and said can you come do the split and she's like oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know I was like can I do the split <laughs> Nicola's in it oh Nicola's in it I'll come you won't come to work with me <laughs> but, but I knew that I, it's about having but basically it's about the right person for the right job and that extends to other areas that extends to costume making and Sometimes it's you, you have a shortcut of a language shortcut. So I can go into work on the morning and see Andy putting the costume out and I only have to say a few words. I don't have to do a long explanation about what it needs to be because Andy knows how I work and what it's going to be like. So I will always defer to people I, I kind of I get on with. Um, and also, it's about people who still want to learn, because a lot of mm. I, I don't want a lot. I I I was I'm all, I'm still learning. I don't know. Uh, there are loads of things I don't know. There are still loads of things that terrify me. Um, but but I will try and learn, and I won't know all the answers. And so I don't want to feel silly in front of my team when I don't know the answer to something, because I don't have the information. So. And your team ask you lots of questions, and sometimes you just 
don't have the inclination to pass back on and so I need to be with people who will understand that and, and I don't want to be with people who are who come out of for example there are quite a few people who will come out of college and say I'm a designer that's me let's do it and you think really are you are you really what do you you know I know you think you're brilliant but you know be ready to learn things just I'm just, I'm learning I'm learning every day um, and and, I, and this is why I switch from doing things like Doctor Who to doing contemporary things because I, there are different parts of me that are learning different things and each one is equal each one is psychologically equal to, to the other there's nothing whereas uh, you know there you'll have a designer and there's nothing wrong with this who will specialize so you'll have a designer who will specialize in period well if i have a period something that i need to design <laughs> and i'm very good at period pattern cutting then i'll go oh i'm not going to i have to read about this i'm not a specialist in it but then from the outside you are a specialist in it because you're a costume designer and you're doing the job so it, it, it's about having people around you who will learn with you and um, crews on costume in costume departments come and go because somebody may get a job somewhere else or you might be working in a different city and they can't come with you so, but it's just and, and if that happens I will put the feelers out and interview people um, and if I think they get me and I get them then on, on board they come so so it's a long it day as well, isn't it? and so it's you a, have to yeah. really spend time with each for a long period of time in intense mm. circumstances yes it can be you see yeah. everybody's colours it's really intense isn't it yeah and you, you see everybody's flaws and you have to be kind to each other and trust some, and trust mm. yeah because there, there was a time when as a costume designer I could sit on set quite a lot of the day um, and those days have firmly gone because everything is quite late yeah. I couldn't sit on I, mean, on I hated that, yeah I hate that I didn't see you, yeah. we, we were like that as a, as a group and as and a department yeah. and then once it was up and running because you were there were so many um, actors you had to look after. I didn't like that. I liked yeah. it when it was <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. me and, and, and you. Yeah, and then I, I would appear on set, and you know, I just appear, and and even with Nicola, I think, well, I'm on set, but I'm not. You know, you're busy, I'm busy, I'm, I've got those bags and costumes to collect, and you you end up not seeing people because everything is so late now. But mm. I I do. It's easier, for example, on Doctor Who in studio because I can, I can be designing in the building, and I can go to set and just stand behind and stand, just stand back and watch what's happening and say hello to the actors. Mm. And and I'm a person who likes being with the actors. You know, I I I, I get quite a lot out of it, and that's why I do what I do because I have. I'm friends with actors, I know actors are, I'm there to help them. And I will always say, for example, in terms of design and feet, except for Hannah and her Labutins, I always say they're your feet, you you know, you'll be comfortable. And that's why I felt so really so guilty that 
it's the high heels. Yeah, there's no way around. Yeah, I can't speed. Look you in the eye. <laughs> there's no way around this. We've got to get in there. And, and I say we because I think I'm wearing them as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. You did get a pair of comfy ones as well in between, so you could rehearse in a different way. You did. Very attractive. Well, these are okay. They didn't last long, though, did they? <laughs> well, also, they became more and more uncomfortable as, yeah. you, as your foot learnt to adjust to a very expensive shoe. shoe. Which fits your feet yeah. eventually, yeah. and then becomes very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, yeah, you just like having time to do all those things. So, um, so yes, um, it's it's interesting. I what can I? How much time have I got? Mm-hmm. Uh, another fifteen. Minutes. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> Tell me. So I've talked about craft. Tell me what um, I, I've got. My three top favourite shows, which demonstrate costume craft. What, what do you think? Current. <laughs> current. Yeah. What's the one that's just won a BAFTA for the costume designer? We Go on. Game of Thrones. Look at what's in that. Look at all the different processes in that. They, you know, even the designer on that says she buys the, the, the sheepskins at IKEA. <laughs> so, you know. Costume, but and embroidery, embroidered, everything symbolic, and mm. in a way, the same applies to Doctor Who. Even though Doctor Who is a funny little, you know, not so expensive. And the difference is that the, these are the difference is Doctor Who is completely British, and it is paid for by the BBC. Mm. Game of Thrones is American. They they have loads of money, and it takes a lot of planning to do massive that. Departments the, as well. and, and a massive department. So. Mm. My department on Doctor Who will be me, the designer, Simon and Emma, the assistant designers, Andy and Ian, the standbys on set, and Jen or Holly or whoever the trainee is, um, that's us. That is us. And then we bring in people we call dailies to help on busy days. Whereas um, The Crown or Game of Thrones, they will have specialists within the department mm-hmm. and that's why Batcraft so some departments will be huge at films you know who will make the uniforms who will um, furnish the belts you know make particular belts age and, age age and so yeah and age the costumes so there are in, in those kind of productions there, there are loads of jobs and they're very specific craft mm-hmm. jobs and so I'm a, I'm a costume designer and I'm doing a talk about costume design process. But you know, if you're all students and you're sp- you, you're, it's quite good to specialise if you find something that you're mm. that you love and that you're really good at. Then you know you will always find a place. And for example, it's really hard to find a really good breaking down artist, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they are. It can go wrong very quickly. It can go wrong very quickly, and they're very um, few and far between. And if the ones that exist are on big films, or on, you know, Fred Vaz is on Les Mis, they're making Les Mis, or on, a, on some of them, are, you know, Game of Thrones have their own. So there's all that to consider as well. Um, one thing I, I'm going to move back to something I've forgotten to talk about. That is the research. 
and that involves the craft as well. So I make sure that I don't do anything until my research is good and until I'm happy with the research or, or the Smith will provide this with a pack. Yeah. But I went to meet lawyers as well and I also had a lot of legal um, research done from the times when I did split. But there are things that you can research on, things like the crown. For example, there's a shirt company who used to make Peter's party shirts called Bud, and I was in there talking them. They're very old, established. They, you have to order a shirt and it takes three weeks. And, you know, they're very expensive and it's for, for, for rich people. But I was in there talking about Peter's shirts and they were talking about Matt Smith playing HR, uh, Prince Philip, mm -hmm. saying, of course, you know, we're not allowed to say, and of course they are allowed to say, but they, they get very careful about it, but we do the soft collars for uh, Prince Philip, Matt, who's playing Prince Philip, um, because at certain meals, in, if you're within royal circles, if Prince Philip is wearing a soft coloured shirt, the normal men have to do that as well. Well, you have to know that so that you can put it on the screen. Yeah. And so that's part of all the minutiae and the detail that you, you that you have to do. But I always do that research up front and try and get as much done. You'll always learn more as you go along, mm -hmm. but, but do your research. Uh, how hard is it, um, like, say, if you're doing a, a historical sort of television programme or if it was a film... How hard is it to keep, um, you know, the, what patterns you use, what fabrics you use, and like, um, how do you keep it historically accurate? Um, it depends what you want to do. Some some designers really, really do want to make it completely historically accurate. It's not that's not hard. There's loads of information. There's loads of period patterns, <coughs> cutting books. Loads. I, I think one of the hardest things is to find genuinely good period fabric. Or fabric that look period, but also you get to a point where if you're on a Hollywood film and they're making it in LA and it's a period film, they might not want to wear thick British tweed. You know, you have to make something or find something that is a lighter version but looks like thick, you know, that looks like that fabric. So, but I think that there's a wealth of information about period costume, so it's um, it's all out there. Um, what what there's not a wealth of information about is when you're creating new things for science fiction, for example. Those are newly designed and newly imagined, but off the back of a lot of research about environment. The reason we could be so dressed up and confidently dressed up with the split was that we knew there were no stunts, and we knew a lot of it was into there are exteriors, mm. but a lot of it was interiors, mm. wasn't it? And it was we knew the world that those costumes were going to live in. And you can take that world to things like Game of Thrones, that's a separate world, Doctor Who, that's a different world again. Um, you can take you, you just have to be right in the world you're creating, really. So so, but in the period costume, there's lots, there's lots of reference out there. So, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Will you tell us, from your point of view, mm. what it was like going through the costume? I know you've said a little bit about it. Mm. Going through the process of Going through the process and, and having, knowing that you're the leading lady or new, so 
Sea was written by Abu Mm. Well, that's terrifying. You know, that starting point was appalling and te- terrifying. That bit of going, okay, you're you're going to have to look a certain way. It's not a way you're used to looking. And Jane Featherstone said to, said to me, "You've just got to. You're going to have to really embrace it, Nicola." Because I've worked with Jane before, and she knew that it wasn't a look that I, you know, in my real life, I um, I understand or that I had played before so I think she already knew <laughs> and she said to me make her <laughs> yes didn't she yeah and, and I when I met Nicola I said I don't make her but we we make it right we did the first fitting at the um, Sister Pictures produ- uh, their, at the production company and, and, and these two were up in a, in a room and they had rails of cl- rails and rails of clothes for me to try and, and uh, uh, honestly not, not, not sort of just blowing smoke Go on. <laughs> um, but I knew, I knew really from the phone call that I'd had with you that it was going to be, it was such a relief. And I put the phone down from me and thought, I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. And I think I was quite brittle even on the phone, and I could hear you trying to be really careful and nice on the phone. And I was doing the standard act thing, trying to work out what you, what I was going to make, you do. what you were going to make me do. <laughs> and um, and then walked in that room with you two, and I literally within. You know, the first five minutes of all It was really hard. Just in three flights of stairs. You were in sandals and shorts. You were in sandals and shorts. However, you were hilarious. You were surrounded by posh clothes and jewelry and handbags and shoes. Do we put the Louboutins on the table? No, that's unlucky. It was totally overwhelming. Where are we going to put the Mulberry bags? I don't know how, you know, I don't know. It's just, if if you're. It seems to me the key is that you just lovely people. So you're hugely talented. You're really lovely people, and um, and 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 you you made it so uh, far. I mean, by 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 far and away the the, the most painless uh, journey I've I've ever had on a job, and something that I actually really really enjoyed. And, and yeah. um, you know, and your team reflects that in you as well. They're you know they all carry the same uh, feeling. I think mainly. And that's really important in terms of the team. Yes, it? That it all follows. I can trust yeah, you pick my, people that are yeah. just really, really kind and brilliant, yeah. and um, and I can trust that my our vision and my don't I don't have to say those words mm. like don't make Nicola wear anything she doesn't don't, no. because Nicola knows what she's going to wear, and sometimes it might you get to a scene and it might not be appropriate, but then we deal with that, you know. But we don't deal with it in an unkind way. Mm. And the interesting thing about you kindly. Um, no, but you you just agreeing to come and sit here and talk about costume is really good for the guys, yeah. isn't it? It's really really good for them because not often do we have that opportunity to have somebody like you to talk with a designer. You're right, and that, we I find that staggering. You get, you get both ma- sides of the story. It's such a massive yeah. part. I don't, you know, yeah. if you you get that right, it's like once so once you visited the two departments on the split. I mean, it's ruined me. I'm ruined. <laughs> don't know. We had the most brilliant makeup designer as well. Yeah, and I must say that you know it's very important the relationship between you, makeup you got on and costume so well, didn't you? designer in all jobs, and sometimes they don't get on because costume intrudes on heads and all sorts of things and actually costume in the pecking order can inform a hairstyle or can inform a makeup um, especially in theatre but um, but yeah we had we had, we had the most brilliant woman. Mm-hmm. and I think 
think we have to stop. Yes. Can I ask you any final questions? I'm just saying a massive thank you, Ray, Simon.